So, the NFL season is almost over, and that can only mean one thing. The greatest show on earth, the Super Bowl, is coming soon in a few weeks' time. So, O'Neill's in Liverpool in association with the Merseyside Nighthawks and the Liverpool John Moore University Fury American football teams are going to be hosting probably the best Super Bowl party in Liverpool, maybe even in the Northwest and in the UK. I'm going to be there. Adam is going to be there. He's got a lot of hardcore football fans down there, all loving, all excited, waiting to watch the game, have a chat, great banter. It's a great night. If you're interested, tickets are on sale now. Go over to the O'Neill's Liverpool Facebook page. You'll find the link on there. And hopefully we'll see you down there. Come find us, have a chat with us, say hello. Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. Welcome to the America Football Show, where the Christmas period has left us all looking a bit like our man Eddie Lacey. So, wildcard weekend is now over and done with. Um, some many good games on this one, actually. Uh, what's what's everyone's favourite weekend of football? So my favourite weekend of football in the year, for me, it's got to be the Championship Sunday. I know it's not a full weekend, and that there's only on one day, but for me, just sitting down watching those two games back to back, having a couple of drinks, having something to eat, go till four in the morning. It's almost like the Super Bowl, but it's like double the amount of football. And for me, that can't be beaten. Uh, for me, I, I quite enjoyed the, it's next weekend. It's the divisional rounds, my favourite week of, of football. Like wildcard weekend I, is probably my, my second, maybe with Thanksgiving. Um, but wildcard weekend is a bit of unpredictability, but the divisional round it tends to be usually... With the wildcard round, you'd usually tend to have at least one blowout, you know what I mean? Um, it wasn't necessarily the case this time, but the divisional rounds, usually like any sort of weaker links have gone, or you, you know, and it just tends to just be quality teams going head-to-head and, and going for it. Like For me, it's the wildcard round, because you've got some teams that, could cause a shock so there's more chance of a shock happening in the wild card round the divisional games tend to go with the favourites because there's so many quality teams so for me wild card round yeah wild card round's a bit like the FA Cup isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and whilst I'm very tempted to take the Super Bowl just because how much of I enjoy it I'm going to take opening week because I think that feeling of finally getting to watch football after the whole summer of none is just a lovely sitting down with a few cold beers what a feeling it is to have football back. I, I enjoy the Super Bowl, but yeah, more often than not, the actual, yeah, that's, that's a struggle. <laughs> but like, um, more often than not, like, the I find a lot of the Super Bowl games tend to be either like pretty slow to get going or are not as exciting as you find as some other teams because it's on such a big stage. And I think players and teams and coaches and stuff tend to be a little bit more safe I think or like that may be a bit in awe of the situation it's a little cagey isn't it yeah plus it's a lot of you know I mean it's not going to be disappointing for Joe but a lot of the time it's been watching the Patriots and like 
you know, eventually you just get sick of watching them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, but you know, I just love like I just watching the Super Bowl. It's, uh, I don't like the halftime show personally. I'm not a fan of it. I just think being able to watch the two best teams, even if it, like, I enjoyed the Patriots Rams game from a defensive point of view. And then obviously the, the season before that was just extraordinary. And then the Falcons Patriots game was obvious madness. The Broncos being the parts was a great, uh, the, the Panthers, sorry. That was a quality game. I think they just did better, great in different ways. No one fancied a pro bowl then. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know Emma Day was still going. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, on to the weekend review. We're going to do this a little bit different uh, for the playoffs. Uh, we're kind of just going to mo- have more of a discussion around it as uh, we've all been able to watch all the games. So, should we uh, kick it off with uh, ju- uh, whoever has the Bills Texans? Uh, yeah, that would be me. So, um, Watson in overtime, under pressure, managed to escape like Houdini after taking not one but two hits um, and somehow manages to throw and find Tywin Jones for his first reception of the night late in the foot, um, late in um, in overtime and a huge 34-yard catch and run to took him to the 10-yard line and set up eventually the game, the game-winning field goal. Like, what... The first half was all Bills, but what what a second half by Watson. That spin move out of the sack was unbelievable. He's yeah. so strong. His, his ability to just escape the put like the, the first half, the first half was awful. Like, you know, first half, Buffalo, thirteen points up, Texans yet to put any points on the board. Allen looked unstoppable and was doing more like Watson and Lamar Jackson kind of runs and was just breaking out runs left, right and centre. His throws were on point. You know, they looked really strong, really confident. And then second half, I don't know where Watson just thought, you know what, like, I'm just going to do this myself and just started tucking and running and just looked unstoppable in the end, you know. Like, 19, 19 points in the fourth. Like, Bill's defence is very good, though. Although Hopkins seemed to have a bit, a little bit of the better over Tredavious White in the end. Yeah, I know, but as, as good as Tredavious White is, I, I would happily say um, Nook is the best receiver in the game. I don't think the Bills, the Bills were really helped by Josh Allen, who... That's who some needs of, to get better to things, make that seem better. When, when you're literally passing it to no one laterally, <laughs> and uh, for no reason, oh, absolutely no yeah. reason to do it, it's just, what are you doing, man? Well, he, he had a he had a fumble at the beginning of the fourth, and then was you know which I think was a, a pivotal moment for the Bills in terms of them losing the game. But his decision making in that second half was atrocious. Like he yeah. he he had two dropped interceptions um, that could have got picked off, um, and uh, Roby I think it was almost got a pick six in the first half, and you know he also nearly had a fumble in the first half himself. But other than that, like he was pretty clean with the second half. Like the the last two minutes of the game. He throws into the flat, like you said, to an old lineman of all people. So he's not exactly going to get, you know, fired, is he? Let's be honest. Like, um, then he, he throws a deep bomb into double coverage. Oh, that to, was awful. Yeah, to a fullback that, like, very oh, yeah. nearly got picked off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then early in the fourth, within, within, within field goal range, and he managed oh. to um, managed to get an intentional grounding penalty. And then right after that, gets sacked on a fourth and 26. 
Oh, that like sack he, was heartbreaking. Yeah, was like he, he just he, he just crumbled. Like it was. It, I'd I like don't know to what just happened. Fullbacks are people too, Craig. You know, <laughs> it was it was a it was a heartbreaking loss for the Bills, but the the um, for me, like in the first half, it looked like the the Texans were really flat. He was struggling to get going, and they really needed something. Like they really needed a play, and I think the spark came after that. JJ Watt sack. Like oh yeah, they, they needed something, and Watt was getting a little bit of pressure, but he was struggling. And that JJ Watts that came, and then it seemed to just give him a little bit of a spark. But then you had that Watson run for the for the touchdown. Oh yeah, like he came in, he breaks out of the pocket, runs out wide, gets to like the two yard line, and he he gets met by not one but two defenders. Now Watson, like he's a quick guy, but he's not exactly the biggest guy. Manages to just hit them, and after contact, just push the two of them in for the touchdown. And you know, it, it was it was an impressive play to watch. It was an exciting play to watch. And I think after that, the place blew up. You know, and then Merciless came in afterwards, and it got to the point where like the big playmakers on the Texans made the difference because all three of them pulled out a big play when they really needed it. But I think the first initial spark came from from Watt, and then that big play from Watson. It just it changed the whole dynamic of the game completely. You could feel it a mile off, can you? Like that momentum, like that what sack was just as you're saying that was massive. Like I was sitting down with my brother, and he was just saying, "Oh, why the commentators?" He like he watches American football sort of like casually. And he was sort of like, why are they getting so hyped over that sack? Like, it means nothing. Like, hasn't got even gained any points. And I was just like, momentum well, in this it, game. It, it, forced, it forced the field goal, which helped. You know what I mean? But yeah. the, the sack itself they needed. But then the fact that they forced the field goal and was was a was a big impact on the game. And, like, you know, what himself, like, I wasn't sure how well he was going to turn up in this game. And... He, you know, he managed to get a sack. He managed to get two hits. He got a ton of pressure in the second half. And like, even he said in the post-match interview after the game, he was surprised how well his body held up because I think that was the big question because he'd rushed him back so fast from from surgery and from his, his, his torn pec. Like in the, in the interview, he said himself at the end of the game, like there was one play where he's, he's dove for him. And, as soon as he's dove, he's, he's he's new in his head. Like, okay, this is where I find out now whether this is okay or this is just going to pop out again. You know what I mean? And like, he's yeah, like he, he's dove, stood up. He said he stood up, looked at the doctor on the sideline, and was like, "Oh, I'm fine. Like, fair enough, I can keep going." So I think I think that might have helped him a little bit because I think early in the game he took a while to get going, which sometimes happens with the defensive line because you're waiting to wear linemen down. But I think because it's his first game back. Maybe he was a little bit questioning how good it was going to be, how well he'd, he'd recovered. Okay, I great. think one of the best things about this game is it's possibly we've seen the last of Booger McFarland because apparently he's going to be out on his ear at Monday Night Football. He nearly ruined the game for me, that oh, commentary. He's a bad Bloody commentator. awful. <laughs> what, what was it he said? They, they need to, was it they need to take a, a quick run here when it was like third and ten and then spike it? Yeah, he said third and ten. He said run a draw play and then spike it. What? What? Turnover on downs. Everyone loves to see that. But yeah, there was a lot of pressure on Allen in the end. He got sacked seven times in that game. But he, I mean, like I said, first half he had a good game. He, he rushed for ninety-two yards. He even got a touchdown, like receiving from him from John Brown early in the in the, in the game, didn't he? Like in the first quarter, 
Like so, he, yeah. did, he did have he did have an impressive first half, but it, I just I don't know what happened in the end. And second half, Watson just just went nuts. He he ended up with nearly as nearly as many rushes as Hyde in the end. You know, and that that's from your QB. Like cool. So from after that game uh, on Saturday, we had the Titans at the Patriots. Joe, do you wanna do you wanna enlighten us? Yeah, so so whenever I take Patriots games, I, I only really want to take them when I feel like we're going to win. Uh, therefore, I took this, and that's what made it even more of a painful loss. People are talking about, obviously, and I know we'll get onto it, about the dynasty and everything. But yeah, the Titans came to Foxborough and won 20-13. A lot of people also want to thank the Miami Dolphins for allowing this to happen. Of course, by beating us on the final day of the regular season. But... <laughs> Yeah, we, it's a tough one, really. I mean, I thought we started fairly okay, in all honesty. We were looking good. And it, in the second quarter as well, it got to the point where we looked like we'd actually managed to figure out the Titans, which mainly for the Titans was just give the ball to Derek Henry and let him run. And it just worked. There was nothing we could really do. The bloke was an absolute powerhouse. I mean, he had 182 rush yards and 22 receiving yards. And considering Tannehill only through 72 yards in the game this sort of shows just how heavy Henry's workload was and he managed to do it and he's just a different breed and it was just impossible um, Titans D uh, was was pretty solid as well they actually had a really great goal on stop I mean we were we were first and goal on I think on the, the two yard line and they managed to shut us out completely and make us go for a field goal so then, you know that was that was impressive it was 14-13 at half time to the Titans and, and nothing really happened really in the in the second half. It was it was nice and quiet. Well, nice and quiet, actually not not nice because obviously Pats needed some points to go and win the game. Uh nine seconds to go. Uh the, we had the ball on our own three, I believe. And Tom Brady with potentially his last throw as an NFL quarterback, uh throws it, pick six. Game over. Titans go and win it. Uh, it felt a little numb. Uh, I'm sure you, obviously, you guys saw the highlights or were watching live, etc. But that stadium, I've never heard it so quiet. When that, when that pick six went and well went into the end zone, you could just hear a penny drop. It was just awful. Uh, when it comes to the Pats, Brady didn't look anywhere like his old self. Edelman so clearly injured. I mean, he dropped a really massive, massive play on a third down in the fourth quarter. Uh, the only person that... There was a couple of people that looked fairly relatively fit and working. I thought in these games, James White always turns up and he seemed pretty pretty scary and was trying to do things. And also Rex Burkhead was, was doing all right. Uh, Craig was mentioning on the group chat the other day that Sony Michelle wasn't playing well at all and he just couldn't get through the running game just wasn't going for us and it was just a shambles really you, you see Patriots or not obviously Patriots you know January football I expect right straightforward win I know the Titans have been brilliant back end of the season but was not expecting this especially in the second quarter when it looked like we managed to figure things out I saw a lot of people could say oh, I'm going to bed the Pats have sorted this it's done uh, but no it wasn't and yeah, no Patriots in divisional round for the first time in well over a decade. Yeah, there was a, a few. Up, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, the few takeaways from this game that I got was just one, like, yeah, Brady isn't exactly the Brady of old, but at the same time, just the lack of weapons that are on that offense and even the ones that you have got just didn't, like you said, they just didn't look, they just didn't show up, they didn't look keen. Like, Birkhead was doing bits and, and like you said, White was doing bits, but, you know, Michelle had an awful game and why why he kept handing him the ball, I, I, God only knows I was frustrated watching. I'm not exactly the biggest fan of the Patriots and the other big takeaway I took from this game was just the sheer amount of carries that Henry got like he's had nearly 70 carries in the last two games. Now that's a huge workload for a running back, even one for as big and as physical as him. Like, can can he keep that going throughout the playoffs? Like, that's a that's a big workload. You know, Tanner only threw 15 times in the whole game. He would have been sore in the morning, Derek Henry, that's for sure. Yeah, that would have 100%. Been a one. And you're saying about our lack of weapons. I mean, it's so true. I just don't think Brady trusts and kill Harry... Jacoby Myers, Ben Watson, like not, he just doesn't seem to trust them. Like Julian Edelman and James White seem to be the only two people that he would happily throw the ball to. And I think that's why Michelle was running so much because they were just so terrified that they're going to be picked off because the receivers can't seem to catch a ball or run the routes correctly at the moment. And it's it's going to need a rebuild, obviously, going into the, the off-season. It's... It's a tough one, but obviously the whole quarterback conversation we'll get into later. But receivers, something needs to happen with that. Otherwise, no quarterback is going to want to play in that system if you're not going to be able to throw the ball to reliable people. I think what's something to note is like um, if you look from an arc an offensive line point of view, there's some players that you need to double team and even then they still get through examples being like Aaron Donald, JJ obviously who are considered so good at their job that they need way more attention than anyone else and they still beat it. I think that's Derek Henry on an offensive point of view because Bill Belichick, the master of shutting down the strength just couldn't stop Derek Henry. Well, even even Bill, I don't, I wouldn't say he had a good game. Like the clock management and same from the Patriots wasn't great and then you know, you also had like, was it the the Titans did the what Bill did earlier oh, in the season yeah. where they, they they ran the clock down with the penalties, and then not only to to make matters worse, they also got a um, you know they ended up with an offside penalty against themselves, which dragged out even more clock in the end. So they lost like nearly two minutes of clock just off this loophole that Bills exploited earlier in the season, and then from a stupid penalty from from themselves. It was unreal from Vrabel, I must admit. It was unreal. I, w- I was sitting there getting mad and then I realised, wait a sec, I, I literally have, I can't get mad at this. Bill was so pissed off that he's <laughs> done in his own rule. I think, I think in the off-season, I think they are going to try and find a way to close that loophole because it's, it's only before the five-minute mark, I believe, in, in the heart, at the end of the half that yes. you can do it. After that, you can't. It's just silly. It just shouldn't be allowed to happen in the first place, really. But they, they, they just, I don't know, like the, the Titans' defence, they were hitting hard. But I imagine trying to tackle Derek Henry in practice, you're, you're going to have to hit hard. But the the fight from the from the Pato just didn't seem there, considering the stakes and where they were and everything else. They just didn't seem to, well, you know, other than a couple of, couple of players, they just didn't seem to have that oomph about them. And 
the, the you could you could see they struggled, and then when Gilmore went out, because he went out for a little while, it was just like, well, well, what now? Like, you know, the the Brady pick for me was one of the least interesting parts of the game. So at least at least at that point, it was the last throw of the game. He was struggling. He was backed up on his own one yard line. You know, it was just. I mean, it was kind of irony, I guess, that it was Ryan who caught it and ran it in for the pick six. Like, but it, you know, it by that point it was late in the game. It was the last play of the game. He was struggling. The, the biggest takeaway I took from that was just the lack of fight and the the lack of weapons that Brady had, and how, how much, especially that run game, struggled. It was just poor showing all round, really. Okay, then on to the Sunday night games. Uh, Tim, you had the, the first first showing. I did indeed. Vikings 26, Saints 20, their overtime thriller. Uh, for me, it's the, even bigger an upset than the Patriots losing. Um, Saints always had a huge home field advantage. Didn't help them. Kirk Cousins can't win in big games. He did. Uh, it was quite a defensive game early on. Uh, it was a great start from the Saints. They recovered an open field and fumbled. Uh, couldn't get in the end zone due to a bend that don't break D for the Vikings, and they limited a field goal. Same thing happened when the Vikings got the ball. They went down and got a field goal. Uh, both defences played well first half. Um, Taysom Hill, he came on, first snap at quarterback. In the second quarter, he ran for 10 yards, and then straight after that, he threw 50 yards downfield to Deontay Harris. It was the longest completion of the day. Uh, that set up Kamara touchdown. And Hill also blocked for the TD run, and then he also was on the kickoff coverage after that as well. Uh, Rudolph reception, Cook run, set up a 21-yard field goal after a superb goal line stand by the Saints' D. Uh, Vikings then accepted Breeze on a long attempt, third and three, into double coverage. Vikings then drove 45-yard line, fielding receptions, Cook five-yard touchdown run. Uh, I'm running through this game. It's, there's so much going on in this game. It's hard to like compress it all. Um, so that's the first half. And then the second half was just as good flips as the page. first half. <laughs> I know, flips page. Uh, Dees dominated again in the third quarter, feeling the 34-yard catch, uh, which had a drive, and then that led to Cook's second touchdown. And then the fourth quarter was an entire game in itself. It was superb. Breeze led fourth quarter comeback with a touchdown to Taysom Hill. Uh, then he fumbled, gave the Vikings a chance to take the win. Uh, and then Saints thought they had a touchdown on a fumble, but it was ruled that the runner was down, uh, which that would have given the Saints the win there. And then the game went to overtime after a Will Lutz field goal. Vikings received the ball, drove down the field. Cousins 43-yard pass to Phelan set him up quite nicely. And then he threw a touchdown pass to Carl Rudolph. Commentators were looking for a wee bit of controversy. There was a little bit of hand fighting in the end zone, but didn't get reviewed. And that was game over for the Vikings. I think it was really impressive just how good the Vikings defense was. Yeah, it really surprised me for for the Saints offense that's averaged over forty yard over forty points a game for the past three, four weeks. To, to be held to 20 points and to make, to be honest he did, he did, there wasn't much going on on offence that offence was Hill you know Hill he had the longest throw of the game 
he had the longest rush of the game. He had, I think it was uh, the second or third longest reception of the game. Like he, he was one particular drive where he threw the ball, he caught the ball, he rushed. Like he made the majority of the yards just on on one drive. Like it, it was, you know, Kamara just never really got going, and Breeze didn't particularly look great until late in the game. And it was, it was, it really shocked me and surprised me. And I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest, at the way the way they turned out. Like. Apparently, the tactics they did, uh, they were mimicking another team of whose defensive line I can't remember, but they had um, their two pass rushes lining up inside and just doing pure power rushes on the on the inside. Uh, it just worked against the Saints. They just got to breeze, didn't they, quite easily? Yeah, they, yeah they, it was, it was they were in the backfield a lot. They would, usually, they, they play on the ends out wide, but I think but they, it was... Yeah, they, they shaded them inside. Atlanta, I think it was, they credited. And um, they, they moved them in. And Because the, the strength of that Saints line is the tackles. And once they moved, they kept switching them inside. And when he was switching them inside, he was just all over Drew Brees' yeah, and face. Danielle and, Hunter and Everson Griffin, they're big boys. Yeah, yeah. And like, the, you know, they, they both got a second and a half in that game. They both, like, the pair of them had a quality game. And it was it was a quality game plan. And I think they just, they outcoached them. You know, and that's that's two years on the bounce now. It's been a heartbreaker for them. But you know, as as Tim mentioned, that the the most frustrating thing I took from that game was the the no call at the end of the game. Like, I it was one of them fifty fifty kind of push offs where it could have gone either way. So would you say it was a big controversial game changing decision? I wouldn't say it was no. a controversial game changing <laughs> decision, no. <laughs> but it's it's frustrating. I, I find it frustrating in the fact that like. Earlier in the season and throughout the season, that that would have been given. I've seen less given, like consistently throughout the season, and it's it's a rule that has been so inconsistently called where the 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 change in the mind week to week. But for the majority of the season, that that's that's pi. And but don't you think as well that they did the right thing not reviewing it because if they reviewed it, it wouldn't have got overturned. And then what would happen is the game would have finished on a controversial call. Well, yeah, so the NFL that, that's, didn't that's, want that again. Yeah, that's why I believe they'd not give it. But yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's one of them where, like, they, it, it was whichever decision they went with, there wasn't enough evidence one way or the other because it's so such a grey area anyway. It was yeah. never going to be overturned. So the initial decision was what it was going to be anyway. But in in my opinion. They got it wrong, and I think it. Consider, I mean, I, I understand there's going to be a bit of argy bargy, and I personally I wouldn't call it. But for the way that the rule has been set out this season, and the way they've been calling it this season, that's pi. So I think. So I think consistency. Yeah, and that's always the case, isn't it? It's always consistency that always messes up. Sorry, going back from that as well. Um, sorry, not to go away from it, but I also wanted to mention. I know you said it earlier, Tim, but Kirk Cousins. I think for him, that's this is such a big, like, defining game, defining moment for him. Uh, it feels like a, a lot of the time people are either a Cousins lover or a Cousins hater. I mean, personally, I I've always quite liked Kirk Cousins, but for him, I thought this was massive, and it was just nice to see, especially that locker room video at the end when he was with the team, for the guy to get the big win and get the break that he needed for so long for a lot of people to sort of accept him. 
You like that? Good thing. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Well, what is going on with his voice? Yeah, as a conversation, his voice breaks all the time. And, but I've never seen the Vikings. I haven't seen them this season. And it's like, what? They've got a prepossessing <laughs> child. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Though. But to be fair, he's in um, the, the, Super, the, uh, the Superdome, which is... I could imagine just one of the most deafening places to be. Oh in. yeah, yeah. Well, it was throughout the game, but when that game it was finished, so I mean, wild. yeah, like I was, I was stunned, sat in the house in front of the TV, just like yeah. looking, looking, looking at Helen, like looking at my other half, like just in shock, and I just could. It, it was just deafening silence in the Superdome, which is like renowned for how loud it is, and you could hear a pin drop. It was, it was. It's like the game hadn't ended. He caught it, and there's just yeah. Happens. It the commentators be- are like, and that's a touchdown. It was so quiet. It was uncomfortable to sit and watch how quiet it was. It, it was crazy. There's nothing better than that. But I, I, not gonna. I love that. I prefer that to a cheer. You know what else is a quiet day. stadium? Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to revisit <laughs> that anymore. But yeah, no, I, I feel for Saints fans. You know, it's it's it, it, these consistent wild card losses, and especially the past two years to the to the Vikings and in the way that they've lost. Past three years, isn't it? Yeah, it's three. No, is it three? Is no, it, it, was two? The, it was the Rams, wasn't it? It was Vikings, Rams, Vikings. Yeah, that's Saints, isn't it? Yeah, that's Saints as well. Minnesota Miracle, the mm-hmm. non-PI, and then the Vikings no, again. This. Unlucky team. I know, yeah, they must be good. But it was uh, that was it was another game where I think the the for someone like Sean Payton who who was a great coach and he's one of the best coaches in the league, I thought the clock management, especially in the late mm-hmm. half of this game, was awful. Okay. Talking I mean I've been I've been ribbing about Joe a lot about his team, but I'll uh, Here comes the main event. Oh no. <laughs> the uh, Sunday night game, the Seahawks visited the Eagles. The Seahawks scoring 19 on the Eagles 9 and walking away with a victory. Um, it was a it was e- easily the worst game of the the week it's one after. Of the worst games I've watched all season. Yeah, it was, <laughs> the, the, that big highlight was obviously Carson Wentz finally playing in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. He's made the whole whole season through, and then in the first quarter, Jadavian Clowney with a in an unbiased view, a questionable hit to the, the helmet. Uh, but that's currently been reviewed. Uh, knocked Carson Wentz out with a, what looked like a pretty clear concussion the minute he got up. His eyes were just gazing around. Um, and he was... To, he, he, I think he voluntarily actually took him out. The official spotters didn't. Uh, but he, uh, he got taken out for a concussion to put in the 40-year-old Josh McCown, who made his playoff debut. Uh, so as you can imagine, the game just didn't go too well the credit to the eagles defense we really did well uh against the seahawks despite what the score may say fletcher cox had a field day uh, and I'm, I'm proud of how our defense looks but it, uh on an offensive point of view it was just anemic uh josh mccown it was it was a heartbreaking loss to watch him play because he's clearly had some hamstring issues uh but it was he was being forced to scramble at least every every three downs. Uh, we, he can't scramble that far. He did make one or two quite good runs, but ultimately he, ju- he just couldn't escape the rush, and it just happened so much. He only threw for 174 yards and tried. 
there were some questionable calls coaching wise. Uh, we didn't. We went for four down, fourth down twice uh, when we could have gone for field goals into the second half. But we're, we're an aggressive team on the on the Seahawks side. The running game was non non existent. Russell Wilson is always good, especially in Philadelphia. He went for three hundred twenty five yards and one touchdown. Honestly, their offense didn't get much in the way of uh, consistency or big pl- or consistency. At least DK Metcalf did show his worth, though, constantly uh, getting behind the, uh, the Eagles' defense. Uh, and I'd say uh, one in two would hit, uh, but he, he just kept throwing the long bombs, and they eventually racked up. Uh, DK Metcalf also got the only touchdown of the game. Uh, but really, the, the story of the night was Carson Wentz going out, and uh, ultimately the Eagles leave the playoffs and the Seahawks limp on to the uh, the 49ers now I, I felt for Wentz you know after saying healthy all season to go out that early on it must be incredibly frustrating to come back after that but I, I, I really felt for McCowan you know seeing how upset he was after the game and you're talking about a guy who's he's, I think he's like in his 40-41 oh, yeah. yeah he was drafted in the it was a, I think it was 2002 2001 you know, I've seen a, a a tweet from someone where he was saying like he's he's been around so long. He he handed Emmett Smith his his last ever touchdown. He yeah. threw to Larry Fitz for his first ever touchdown. And now in you know, and you're talking about you know Larry Fitz has been around for as long as I can remember. And he's running around in 2020 in a playoff game. You know, it's, he's had some career, but he. I, I fell for him. I re- you know, I really fell for him. You could see yeah. how heartbroken he, he was. He, he gave that game his absolute all, and you could tell. You could tell, like physically, like he was trying to, when he's trying to throw some balls or some of the runs he was trying to make, you could see just physically his body's just so broken down because of you know of the length of his career. And I imagine because he's, I can't see him playing again. Like you could see he was giving it his all, but it's just physically, he yeah, just he, 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 he just didn't have it in him. Yeah, he just didn't, he just didn't have it in him. I think he looked like he pulled his glute or something. Yeah, like he, he was he, grabbing at his, yeah, his he backside. He, he was limping, and then still every play he was running. And I, I can't, I can't like a, a lot of play uh, teams love Josh McGowan just because he's been on most teams. But he's a he's a great great guy, and he was crying, yeah, crying with Zach Ertz afterwards, and it was it, it was pretty emotional, I must say. But I, th- I think. Have you ever seen the? Have you ever seen the picture he posted on Twitter? It was a couple of years back, where his daughters all wore jerseys from teams. All his friends and in his jersey wore all his jerseys, yeah. didn't they? Uh, but he captioned it saying, "When your daughter doesn't have enough friends, two teams missing." <laughs> <laughs> How many teams has he played for? He's I know. Got nine. Got, I know he's, over yeah, I know he's, he's got, got about over. like any. Yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, I hope he becomes our quarterbacks coach because he seems that he knows so much within him having been in the the league for so long. So I felt you were pretty tame, uh, Adam, about the the hit from Clowney. Oh, I I I want him kicked out of the league. But yeah, I've, but it, honestly, mate, I thought that was awful. I think there's a clear dip of his helmet when yeah, he, he goes he, in. He he directed his helmet towards. Yeah, that's helmet, but... uh, he should be. Out for, yeah, for the definitely for the rest of the playoffs. Hey man, at least life is life. That is the that is the monkey's poor curl, and we wanted Carson Wentz to play the regular season. So they took him straight out in the pre the postseason. It's it's sad. It is sad. Joshua hey, Cowan has played for eleven NFL teams and one UFL team. I've just been looking at that now: the Cardinals, <laughs> the Lions, the Raiders, the Dolphins, Panthers, 
49ers, Bears, Bucks, Browns, Jets and Eagles. So he's definitely got a bout, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He was only a practice squad member on the Dolphins and the 49ers, to be fair. Anyway, that is the week in review. Uh, let us know how you think the playoffs went, what you thought the highlights were. But anyway, on to definitely, some notable... Definitely not that game. <laughs> hey... It was no, 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 honestly, like, I watched the first half and, like, I just, I I just turned why it off. I understand boring, but you got to feel. <laughs> I, had to, I had to sit through an entire game of no wins. I, I, was, I, I had a feeling it was going to go one way or the other because both teams were so banged up. But I thought, surely it can't get any worse. And then Wentz went out and then Brandon <laughs> Graham went out. And I was oh, just God, like, oh, so yeah. many injuries. I was like, oh, God, not again. Like... <laughs> This, the cameraman spends more time viewing the queue for the injury tent than he does watching the actual <laughs> oh, game. No, honestly, every game a commentator will go, oh, yep, they're taking numbers for the tent. But I think I think the I think the big turning point in this game was when Wilson decided to turn his legs on. Like, rather than just standing there and throwing balls and he, he just thought, you know what, like, I'm just going to do this and just started talking the ball and running himself. And I think that's one of his biggest strengths. And he showed that that's still one of his biggest strengths is to just be able to so mate, just... That, that's exactly how Russell Wilson beats us every yeah. time. Yeah. When, when, when the play breaks down, he just manages to just make things happen. He's just he's just magic when the play breaks down, how he manages to like just create these plays and manages to get these yardage. And he's I think the, us, one of the other things I think was, was DK Metcalf. I think he really... When when they needed someone to step up out of this like crop of receivers that they've got, he's the one that in the big moment on the big stage stepped up, and I think he's he's definitely going to be one one to watch for the next few games and for the future for them. If the, he gets the, the, bigger, yeah. The the rushing game for them though, like we, we knew it was going to be rough, you know, with them having to bring Lynch back and everything else because they were that banged up, but like. I mean, even Lynch didn't really get going in this game, did he? He didn't really oh, have... Mate, our, our front line are pretty stout against the run, I must say. Anyway, with, with with all that out of the way, let's move on to some of the injuries from this week. We are mainly including the ones that matter right now uh, going into the playoffs. Shout out to my boy Carson Wentz. Um, so we've got Will Fuller still out with a groin injury. Uh, Mark Ingram is he is he designated as out with that calf injury not at the moment he's questionable okay same with Mark Andrews with an ankle issue obviously probably Lamar Jackson's favourite target so that's a big one I think uh, Jamal Williams is also questionable with a shoulder injury uh, I think Brian Balaga's also got a concussion but whether he's out of protocol or not I'm unaware I would imagine he will be because they've had the bye week haven't they yeah but I guess you'd have to wait and see whether he's still been showing any symptoms or not. Any other injuries? Not off the top of my head. Let's move on to some talking points then. So obviously with it being the postseason, we've got uh, the coach, the coaches. Uh, then we've also got uh, free agents uh, on teams, uh, ones that could be leaving and on to greener pastures so let's go on to the the coaches first so a number of hirings and firings through this week the cowboys have fired jason garrett uh the giants had fired pat sherman i'm not sure if we discussed that last week uh, and obviously uh, the panthers and the redskins are, are coachless 
or were coachless. Uh, the Browns have also fired Freddie Kitchens. And then hirings, we've got um, Coach Rule from Baylor going to uh, where's, where's he going to again? The Panthers. He's going to the Panthers. Uh, what I thought he's uh, what he's going to the Panthers. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've given him a seven-year contract as well. What a defensive coordinator? Head coach. Head coach. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I was looking at I was looking at Riverboat Ron. <laughs> like he's at the Panthers. <laughs> no, Riverboat Ron's gone. Gone. The, yeah, I know. Gone that's the Redskins. I was, that's why I was so confused. That's my yeah. bad. So, like, so oh. Rue, obviously, <laughs> seven years for someone that's. I know, obviously, he's done a he's done a great job at Baylor, but you know, he's he's only been in the NFL. Had one job in the NFL, which I found out was he was an assistant offensive line coach for the Giants in 2012. And now he's got a seven-year contract as a head coach. It's quite that's a, that's a big step up. That is a that is a big step, and for someone, yeah, as you say, he's not had a head coach before job before in the NFL. Seven years is a, that a is, long time. That could go Freddie Kitchens. That's what that could do. Freddie Kitchens. But we wait to see. Hopefully, hopefully I would, not. I wouldn't rule that one out. <laughs> <Good ball. laughs> little Adam joke for you there <laughs> if even I'm disappointed I just realised what you meant oh that's awful <laughs> um, so we've also got the Redskins hiring Riverboat Ron obviously we've talked about that uh, Joe Judge has gone to the Giants Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys and there is still questions up in the air for the Browns I think Discuss. the Giants hiring Joe Judge is there who? That, yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah, it's you sent me the picture. I was like, wait, who? <laughs> yeah, wide receiver and special team coach of the Patriots. Honestly, he's yeah, he's I really just don't understand it. He's relatively unknown. What with all the like, great receivers the Giants have? I mean, the, the Patriots. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> McCarthy for the Cowboys could be an interesting one, and I think it could be one that I think Adam should maybe be a little bit more scared of. Like McCarthy's, he's a good coach, and yet he, yet he struggled at times at Green Bay, especially in terms of their defense and stuff. But I think he shouldered a lot more of the blame than I think should have been on him. Like for years, he'd been asking for help and wasn't quite getting it. And it was only after he left the the front office staff and stuff really sort of put money and effort and in like draft picks and stuff into the areas that he'd been calling for for years. So I think he, he shouldered a lot of the blame. Um, and I think especially with Rogers, he sort of, you know, with Rogers calling as many plays, he's a, you know, he's a genuine QB, a bit like Brady, like he, he gets left to a lot of the decision-making and stuff. I think the amount of respect towards McCarthy as time went on started to drop a little bit, but he is a good coach. And I mean, from what I was reading for this, like, year he's took out of, out of the NFL he's apparently locked himself away in some barn in the middle of nowhere and has just been studying the game studying what offences do what they like to do what's working what's not working general trends in the game like I think he could be he could be one to watch and the man's got a ring he like. is he's, he's a good coach and I think he's he's someone that people have slept on and he, I think he, he'll definitely be one to watch and I think one that I think the Eagles especially should be a little bit concerned I about. mean, all I'm happy is that we've still kept the chain of the NFC East not having a back-to-back winner. So 
I'm all right with losing it again this year. Because <laughs> that cowboy teams on paper, especially, they do, you know, you know as who, much as, they do have a lot of talent. As much as I'm, you not know, which cowboy team had a lot of talent last year? I have some the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah. But they also had Jason Garrett, who can do nothing but stand there and clap as a as a head they coach. They told him he's been fired. <laughs> yeah, in my head, Jason Garrett is just wandering around Cowboy Stadium, going, "Hello, where is I feel, everybody?" Well, they announced that he had been fired during the Eagles game. And yeah, they are. It, yeah, it, it felt like, initially it felt like they were trying to just wait out the season and then they were just going to let Garrett go out of respect. But in, from now, what it looks like is it looks like Jerry Jones has deliberately left it for the Eagles game. So when the Eagles game is going on, that's the big distraction and tries to to add a, to pull away headlines and pull away attention from that, from that game. You know, it's like a, a middle finger up to the Eagles. You know what I mean? The Just trick as is an to insult. get a star QB concussion to keep the attention. <laughs> <laughs> but then one was playing in the playoffs, one wasn't. So, yeah, that's an old Al Davis move. Al Davis always used to announce things or something when there was a playoff game on something, just to distract the attention away from the game. That that's that's what it looked like, and the impression I got anyway. Very Jerry move. <laughs> I think I think there's going to be at least a year's um, growing pains together. I'm way more scared of the Redskins as of right now, of uh, on a coaching perspective. Obviously, talent wise, the Cowboys are the crop of the NFC East, in my opinion. Uh, did you have a? Uh, you know, it never. Lo- it didn't look it to begin with at the beginning of the season, but I think they do have a good core in terms of defense there. The Redskins, yeah. Yeah, they've got they've got a really good defense. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan is, I would oft uh, state, as one of the most underrated defensive players. One of the rookies as well was one of my rookies of the year. One of their receivers. Oh, um, uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, like some yeah, of the catches really I've good. seen him make. There was one I seen him make where he was he was coming across the end zone, and then he manages to to turn his body ninety degrees, stick his left hand out behind him, and sort of catch the ball and then just continue to spill him but it was one of the most athletic catches I've seen all season he's, like he, been, he's always been like since he started playing this year he's been really good at taking the top off yeah like I think I think yeah I can agree with you there I think if they can get Haskins to start performing well and then when you've got an old head in there like Peterson and stuff I think they do have some good pieces where they could maybe get something going there Mate, does McCarthy uh, or Ron Rivera get not on McCarthy, sorry. Does Ron Rivera get a new quarterback or does he keep Dwayne Haskins? Give him a year. Maybe get someone like a veteran or someone as backup just in case. <laughs> Fitzgerald in there. <laughs> well, I think I think getting a veteran in, it, I mean, you're saying as a backup, which, yeah, I agree. You know, it helps having someone in there, but even just having an old head, you can help coach him, you know, work with him at practice and just sort of help him transition into the league and what to expect what not to expect what mistakes you know what mistakes to try and avoid that kind of thing I think though the precedence was set by the Cardinals are drafting two quarterbacks in two years so where's it where the Washington pick is it it's low isn't it Washington they've got the second overall bit they're getting Chase Young yeah, yeah that's true uh, they could surprise and get a quarterback no, they're yeah. going to get Chase Young, which makes them all the more scary of having Kerrigan and Chase Young on the same line. For those who don't follow college football much, Chase Young is probably the most highly touted uh, player coming out that's not quarterback. 
he lineman. Uh, yeah, he's defensive end. He's um, he used to play opposite uh, Nick Bosa. Good player, very good player. Yeah, he's he's all right. <laughs> is he is he Ohio? Yeah, Ohio yes, State. Ohio State. The, the Ohio State. Sorry, of course. But yeah, uh, Browns. Who do we who do we think's got that? Uh, well, I've heard Greg Roman's in the run, and I personally I would like to see him go there, not just in the same division, and to leave us and go to go to one of the enemies. Um, but I mean, I don't really want to lose him as OC, to be honest. If you look at the list of people that have been linked with that job, if I was a Browns fan, how depressing is that list? People like Jim Schwartz. I've, I've not even heard Jim Schwartz clued off because our, we got good to the end of the thing, but our defense in the middle of the season was whack. I've heard, I saw that today, That, but he's obviously got head coaching experience yeah, from the before. Lines, so I think that they might go for someone like that because they tried with Freddie Soup and having someone with no experience didn't work. So they might go for someone, an older coach with more experience. You know, who else has been a, a head coach? Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Be nice well, to see that dynasty yeah. dismantled. But he always gets linked with jobs like every single year. But prick lost us Frank Reich. <laughs> this 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 could be the year. In fact, I know there's a lot of lot of talk, and but would he really go to the Browns? I think he would. You re- you reckon what? Because just of that talent they've got on offense. Yeah, Baker, Landry, Odell, Nick Chubb. I think that is like a, a nice offense to step into. It'd be interesting. I'd like to see. It. I it's, even though I'd hate to lose him, I would like to see him go and be successful somewhere. It's a franchise that still, I imagine, has links with Bill as well, which would help things. Yeah, of course, from his early days. Which leads on to our next subject: Does Bill Belichick stay? Yes. Yeah, Bill ain't leaving. Bill, Bill's not leaving. He's definitely not leaving. Would he take the Browns job? Bill ain't leaving. <laughs> Bill ain't leaving. No, I, I, I don't think he's going to go, and I don't think I don't think Brady's going to go either. To be honest, but that's the thing. They're, they're always talking about you know, obviously Tom Brady's future. He becomes a free agent at the end of this year, and it's really up in the air at the moment. But if you look at it, and the people talk about, is it? Belichick has got the decision or is it Kraft that's got the decision and Kraft actually spoke yesterday and he effectively said he wants Brady to either stay another year or, or retire that. doesn't want him leaving I respect that because you don't want like you, you wouldn't think Larry Fitzgerald is going to go to another team no no think no, think it... of the commercial like value of just around Tom Brady if he leaves New England mm. his value goes down yeah to, sorry Craig on. To, to end such a run with a wild card loss after not qualifying for the bye and to you know it wasn't exactly a great performance he finished on a pick six like it couldn't be a worse finish to a strong such a strong and dominant run that they've had you know, not just in the AFC, but just in general. But the the question you've got to ask is: Is he going to go full Manning? Is is he going to get to the point where he just it just goes completely? You know, it. The, I, one thing I did see, I was reading earlier today actually, was there was an interview with his dad, and he was talking to his dad, and he was saying like, it's 
it's going to be a tough. Brady's more than likely going to have to get forced out rather than leave himself because if he could have it his way, he'd play until he was like 60, 70 years of age. You know what I mean? Obviously, like he, it's getting to the point now where is someone going to have to make that decision for him because he's not going to make that decision himself because he's going to want to keep pushing it another year and another year. Mm. I think also they've got to look at how much they want the of their caps they want to use on a 43-year-old quarterback because they've got quite a few holes in other places they could spend the money on. So although I'm kind of leaning more towards him staying, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Who's you replace him with, though, if he does, if you don't give him another okay. year? Because I see them giving him another year. But if they don't, who, who would back him up? Like, would you bring someone else in? Like, would you... Who have you got there now? I couldn't even tell you who the backup QB was. See, I think you've just got a draft. Yeah. I, I think it's the draft. I, I Even though Bill doesn't usually trade up, I can see it happening this year. I can really see him going for one of the, obviously not Joe Burrow, but you never know where, you know, Tua is going to drop down the draft because of his injury. Right. Here's what's going to happen. I've looked at my crystal ball, right? I said this last season, it didn't happen, but this is what's going to happen. They're going to trade a sixth round pick to the Dolphins. Josh Rosen, because the Dolphins are going to uh, draft Tua. So Josh Rosen is going to go there and he's going to be amazing at the Patriots. That's what's going to happen. We were originally meant, all the mock drafts of the draft where Josh Rosen came in said we were going to get Rosen and he mm-hmm. was going to be Brady's replacement. Yep. And obviously it didn't happen, but I would, you know what, I'd be happy. I, I think it sounds, sounds odd. Not Tom Brady obviously has been an amazing quarterback obviously in my opinion the greatest to ever to ever do it but I think Bill creates a system and I think he could create a system for any quarterback to be successful maybe not Jameis Winston but any other sort of quarterback that's got an accurate throw he'll be able to sort something out for him and hopefully something good will come from it right a bit of a full-on statement there at the end. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I think I think you need someone who can manage the game and not give the ball away too much. Who can consistently make, who's fairly accurate and is not just throwing picks left, right, and centre. Like you want someone who's more controlled, someone who can who can, like I said, manage the game, hand the ball off, make them sure little throws. Jesus, like, you're describing let, Derek Carr. Yeah, <laughs> and just let the system do its thing. Because I mean, yeah, but you look at Brady and like even like in that Titans game, the major, you know, even all season, I, I think the majority of his throws, I think like eighty, maybe ninety percent of his throws are ten yards or less. They're all just screens to the flat, little little slants. You know what I mean? Like you'd, it's rare you'll see him throw a, a deep bomb. Just limits what we can do at the moment, which is a bit, bit gutting. But at the end of the day, he's, he's Tom Brady he can almost choose what he wants to do. I don't think many people will stop him. Kraft definitely won't. Okay. She's hell, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one. Um, so have we got any questions in the mailbox today? Yes. Um, one Man Blue Zone has come back to us again. Uh, a very loyal, loyal listener. He says, uh, are we going to be covering or even be interested in the XFL. He's dreading the post Super Bowl boredom. If so, who have you got? Honestly, I have not had time to look at it uh, with following the NBA at the same time. 
it is a tough, tough one to keep a hold on, isn't it? Do you have a list of names for the teams? We do. Me and Joe were talking about this earlier, and I've looked up the names of the teams. I've seen um, the jerseys and the kits, like. So the names of the teams, there's eight teams. There's the DC Defenders, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Tampa Bay Vipers, the New York Guardians, Seattle Dragons, Los Angeles Wildcats, Houston Roughnecks, and the Dallas Renegades. Who were the Dragons? Uh, yeah. Cardiff. Uh, sorry, Seattle. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I'm taking the dragons. What? What? It's spinning the question a different way because personally, I wouldn't really want to just pick someone until I've seen them at least play a little bit. What do you think of the uniform layouts? Because I'm a big, I'm a big uniform guy. I like, I appreciate a nice jersey and a nice color combo. And I think me and Tim spoke about it briefly. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I think the, I think it's the, the defenders. They look very. Looks very like the Chiefs, I think it was, or like a like an like yeah, there was a jersey that looks a lot like one of the, the Texans red one. Yeah. Um, there was one that looked very I think it might be the Defenders the or the Renegades. Yeah, it looks a lot like it's, the Titans. Yeah, the Renegades. It is the Titans jersey, basically. <laughs> what but colour are what the dragons? Done, it's, uh, is that the dragons is like a dark blue and red, which is quite smart. Yeah, they got a white and red uh, white with red decals on the lid and then, got a uh, dragon tattoo, so I'm I'm already locked in. <laughs> Which Ooh, one's like the, the green? Yeah. One of them wears green, don't they? Is that the Vipers? Yeah. yeah, one of them looks a lot like a like a Vikings jersey. Ooh, the LA Wildcats one is quite nice. It reminds me of like, you know, like when you people used to wear those flames like <laughs> and like the short dance. sleeve shirts. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Got numbers so, that look like the Buccaneer numbers a little bit as well. Yeah. I like Buccaneer numbers. In answer to the question, I'll probably watch a bit of it if I can find it. What's it going to be on? Is it going to be like BT Sport or anything? No, uh, it's on the ESPN player. I don't know if it's going to be God. on BT Sport. I ain't got that. Is it? Is it just going to be a league where it's going to be full of undrafted guys and guys that sort of couldn't cut it in the NFL or for whatever reason so. have been kicked out? Like, because I mean, it could but be... I a, think- a, Josh McCown was supposed to be starting for one of the teams. Not anymore. When does it start? Uh, next month, February. Oh, no. oh nice. Uh, it's the week after the Super Bowl, isn't it? The Houston Roughnecks logo looks awfully suspiciously lot like the Houston Oilers one. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen it straight away. But yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it a watch. I'm curious. I mean, it's at least, you know, it's at least sort of caught my curiosity. And I did I will... see AAF when that came out. Yeah, I watched a bit of that. It's quite good. San Antonio Commanders, rest in peace. Do we? Is, when's the the first game scheduled? Because it's not something I've particularly looked up or really looked into. Yes, and with the magic of the intranet. The first game is on Saturday, February 8th, where the DC Defenders will host the Seattle Dragons. <laughs> I'll have yeah, to check I'll, that I'll, out. Saturday, so, yes, Saturday after Super Bowl, I called it. 7pm uh, Eastern time, so it's 2pm yeah, time, so 7pm for me. I mean, I'm not someone who, like I said, likes to just pick a team without watching them, but 
ideally if I can, just because of time wise, if I can try and stick to the East Coast, I will do. So oh. Washington would maybe be a, a decent shout, maybe if I had to pick one. But it's looking like the latest games are on at 6 p.m., maybe sometimes at 9 p.m. Eastern time one. So that will always going to be, it's only, we're only five hours behind. A lot of them are at three or two o'clock. I'm going to go for the old uh, Houston Roughnecks, I think, just on Jersey alone. I'm going to check out my Seattle Dragons. <laughs> I might stick with the Los Angeles, keep it on the West Coast. Oh, our logo is well nice as well. If you didn't know, the dragons are my favourite animal. I think we all know you're a fan because you're referring to them as ours. (laughs) 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 Ten minutes ago, you'd never heard of them. (laughs) It's a quick love. I've got the icons here. The Dallas Renegades. Ugh, no. I like the LA Guardians. Yeah, I'm sticking with them. Oh, nice T-shirts. The the Defenders jersey is like a Liverpool red, and I can get behind that, being a Liverpool fan. (laughs) Yeah, I could bang out both games if I ever went over there, because I'd love, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to go to M&T, you know, have a go go and watch a Ravens game, go and watch a a Defenders game, maybe. There you go. I'm going to buy a T-shirt, and I can add it to my San Diego fleet, rest in peace. Ah, you're a fleet fan. (laughs) I was. It was the sound of fleeting. <laughs> Don't forget to tip the waitress. Try the chicken. What? Welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the chilies. <laughs> we are still recording, aren't we? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I feel um, like this last last 10 minutes has kind of broken down. <laughs> We've gone off pace. Hey, we? it's divisional round. Everything's crazy. Anyway, predictions. Uh, are we going to say that the PI thingy uh, between Vikings and Saints <laughs> for the final play, are we going to say it's a game-changing controversial call? Because no. there's a bit of argument no, about I, it between I, you guys. I, I no. don't think it was that controversial, unfortunately, Adam. <sighs> right. We also give us the scores then. Okay, so the scores. In the wildcard round, we all got two points. That was really easy. So the totals, including the playoff games, I am on 171, and Craig is on 164, Adam's on 160, and Joe is on 149. Oh, yes. Yeah, so on to the divisional rounds. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, you, Craig. You said this. Is, who said this is their favorite? Tim was it? You said this is your favorite. Mm-hmm. Mine. It's Craig. Yeah, yours, Craig. Uh, so this is going to be a, a fun one. I think these are some outstanding games. Vikings at 49ers. I have got the 49ers by seven. Uh, I've got the 49ers by four. Oh, and you know what? Just to just to break the mold. I'm going to take the Vikings. Oh, I'm going to take them by seven. I'm so tempted, but I just feel like that week off for the 49 is going to make such a big difference. And Quan Alexander is back. 49 is by six. Okay. Next game is going to be... I've lost the sheet. 
<laughs> Titan, Titans oh, at Ravens. The next game is going to be Titans at Ravens. Ravens by 10. Uh, I've got Ravens by 3. I'm going to take the Titans by 6. I'm going to take the Ravens by 12. I would say that there's a high probability that it might be a last-minute tuck of field goal that gets us this one. Can't count the Titans out. I do like how they're playing right now. I think the way Henry is running, unless he goes out of the game, it's going to be very difficult to stop him. And I could see this being quite a high-scoring affair between the two. And I think it may come down to a usual Mr. Clutch himself, Justin Tucker, bailing us out and saving the day. What'd you do if you missed? I, I don't know what would happen to me because I've never really seen him not get a clutch <laughs> kick, to be honest. <laughs> Texans at Chiefs. Chiefs by 10. I've got Chiefs by 13. I think they've just got too many weapons on offense. I agree. Chiefs by, just so I'm not agreeing with you, Tim, I'm going to take Chiefs by 12. <laughs> and I'm going to take Chiefs by 14. And finally, we have the Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. This was a tricky one, but I'm going to go with Packers by eight. Uh, it's at Lambeau, so I'm going to go Packers by three. Packers by 14, Seahawks are too injured. Go Hawks, Seahawks by two. Okay, so the only sweep we've got there is the Chiefs. Interesting. It is where... We yeah, but the only sweep we had last year, uh, last week was the Saints. So if you're a Chiefs fan, Fagel, Fagel, I'd be nervous right now, mate, because last time we all picked the team, it didn't go well. <laughs> okay, so bold prediction for this week. I have got Aaron Jones who have the most rushing yards. I've got over 300 yards rushing in total in the Ravens Texans game. Mine is Dalvin Cook rushing for over 150 yards against the 49ers defense. And I have got, and I put this one earlier in the season, didn't come in, but I believe it's going to this time. I've got the Seahawks to win the game with a field goal in the last 10 seconds. Ooh, that's specific. Whoa. I hope it I hear 11, 11 seconds. seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if it is I'm crying I mean I've lost by a mile anyway but this will just kick me into the ground just like the Patriots fan you are I mean if they want it by a field goal I'll give you it to be honest like nah it's got to be, got no, to be no, last no. minute it's last minute he's heard the rules now <laughs> yeah okay but that's it from us uh, this week I hope you've all enjoyed listening to our ramblings Joe hit us up with our social media Yes, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TAFS underscore UK. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search That American Football Show and we should pop up. Uh, I'd like to keep interactive, doing a lot of tweeting uh, over the games, especially all these playoff ones. Nice to see a lot of you interacting with us. And yeah, just keep an eye out and we'll always put a few questions, a few polls out and speak to us and we'll speak back. Show us some love. Exactly. Oh, thank you everyone for listening to us today 
Uh, hope you enjoy the div- divisional round of football. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Just win, baby. We are recording. Are we recording? (laughs) Sorry, I can't sound out there. (laughs) And we're recording. Are we recording?